Welcome back to the Twilight Terrors. We're your hosts, Julia. And Lakin, and special guest, Jameson. Hello! Um, we know it's been a while since we've done an episode, but we are so excited to be back. And this week, we are going to be covering the case of a 12-year-old girl who stabbed her 9-year-old brother to death. Um, as a disclaimer, we have pulled from factual sources. There um, is a little bit of information that's missing because she is a minor. We'll cover everything that we can, and the beginning of the case is when we give the background. We'll all be factual, and then we're going to put in our own speculation at the end. So just jumping right in, per usual, um, this case happened back in January of 2023 in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Sorry to interrupt, but this is a really weird fact, but my mom was born in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Was she really? Yes, and I I go there every year for Christmas wow. and sometimes other holidays, so this is So very... you were like the perfect guest for uh, this episode. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> Um, but kind of as I mentioned in the beginning, this was of a, I mean, this is just really sad. Like the fact that a 12 year old girl stabbed her nine year old little brother and he ultimately ended up going to the hospital and dying in the hospital from the stab wounds. Um, this case is kind of complicated. I mean, I've even seen some news sources and articles that are like describing this case as like demonic. Which, I've seen that as well. Yeah, it's definitely a little bit... I mean, it, it is different from what we normally do. So there's a lot of moving parts to this case. Um, the girl's mom... And the girl has not been named. And I think that's... If we don't say her name, that's why. I think it's partly because she's a minor. And they're just trying to keep her kind of under wraps right now. But her mother basically just came out recently and has spoken out for the first time since the incidents happened, and she blamed it on her daughter's ADHD medication. Which, Which to me, sounds kind of fishy. Yeah. If I'm being honest. Yeah. No, I completely agree. Especially, she was on this medication for five years, and if you were to get side effects, I'm sorry, but it would have happened you know, before, yes. <laughs> not five, five years later. On top of it, she um, got off of it when she went, went, oh my gosh, I'm sorry, I can't talk, when she was homeschooled and then went back on it, started cutting and got off of it again. And doctors yeah. have spoken out about this saying, first of all, ADHD medication should not make you homicidal. Yeah. And there are, it's not just the medication like the mom is saying, but the mom, um, April Lida, I believe is how you pronounce her name, is very adamant that it was strictly the medication that caused this. Yeah, and we'll get into that a little more later. Like, I think there's something along the lines of, like, some things that she had said at school that the parents were unaware of, which, again, makes me think that this is not the medication. Because if she was off the medication and saying the things that she was saying, there's no excuse. Exactly, so, and the mom also, um, Lida, like, has continued to say that she suffered from no mental, like, illness or issues. However, if you're cutting yourself, I'm sorry, I don't care if you're on a medication or not, there's clearly something going on. Yeah, I will say. And if you were aware of that, then I don't, I don't know. I will say, <clears throat> from my past knowledge, that ADHD <clears throat> does show different in girls and boys. Yeah. Boys are typically the more hyperactive, more bouncing off the walls type. And girls are a lot more mental about, like, it's all in their head. So I do, uh, I do understand to some degree how this child could have been depressed or 
really going through something. But also, I went through the same thing as a child, and I never had those thoughts. Right. But that doesn't also mean that, that no one else can. Yes. Yeah. So, but it, there's nothing wrong with wanting to help your child, like right. overcome. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I don't know. Just to and be honest, like if you are little... having a de- like depressive episodes or something like that. Yeah. And like, I don't want anything to get like misconstrued in this podcast or this episode of the podcast about medications. Like when you are going through any type of mental or like biological illness, like we are not discouraging against medication in any way. I take medication daily. Yeah. Same. So like medication is good and we're not saying that this is or isn't the cause of, you know, this particular case, but we're just kind of going through the facts and. Personal experiences. Thank you for throwing that out there, especially. And there has been a doctor that has spoken out. And just from personal experience and being around people and being in the medical field, typically there are multiple checkups when it comes, when especially kids are put on any type of medication like this. And you're starting at a very low dose. So it just would be very weird to me if she was started on a high dose that then would like, Right. really spring on a ton of adverse effects yeah and that that's and like that this. is so true because like even like as a 21 year old if I start a new medication like my doctor's like okay two week follow-up three month follow-up like exactly and if I don't show up to that when appointment to like think, take I'm, half the pill for a couple days or a week and then yes, start taking the full yes. pill like that's a typical even and there's, for adults, and and there's adults only with, so many things that doctors can do with that too. Like yes. they, they aren't going to be in your house saying, well, did you take half a pill or a full pill today? Like that's up to the people in the house to, and that's not on the 12 year old to do. If you're a kid on medication, no. that's up to the parents to be doing and whether her parents were doing that or not, we have no idea. So there's, like I said, there's a lot of moving parts and a lot of information that is missing. And that's kind of where we're throwing in our own opinions, but, um, and speculation, but We'll keep moving through. Um, I actually came across this case on TikTok. <laughs> Surprise. Um, they, I actually saw the body cam footage that was released to the public, and I was literally taken yes. back. Julia had shown it to me, and we were both very concerned because yeah. the thing she was saying was, I don't know what happened. I don't know. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. And it was just very she sounded yeah. very distressed she and- was very distraught like she just kept repeating it like I don't know what happened I don't know what happened and like she what the other thing that was a little odd to me I know everyone grows up in a different household and everyone's in a different environment but like as a 12 year old kid she was literally like dropping f-bombs that in was the body something that footage. I was going to mention too because yeah. in the footage as well and in some of her statements yeah. like she was just continuously dropping the f-bomb and i yeah i, I just know. found that a little odd because as a 12 year old in your vocabulary for that to be like i don't know word. what all is and she spoke she spoke very maturely for a 12 year old i will say i agree like, she didn't sound like a 12 year old no when i heard no. that video i was like that's a 12 year old kid yeah it was definitely odd um, and then when police arrived on the scene, you know, they took her brother out on a stretcher. Um, and he, like I said, later died in the hospital, but they were getting him out on the stretcher. And her mom basically said, like, you better not have effing killed him and all this stuff. And she's like, I'm so sorry, mom. I'm so sorry. I just really don't know what happened. 
And then police kind of asked her, like, where's the knife you used? And she's like, I threw it out the window. And then, like, can you take me to it? And she was like, yeah, I can. And so she literally walked them right over to where the window was. And sure enough, the knife she was right on the She was very ground. cooperative with yeah. the police. Yes. Like, I yeah. will admit that. Because it truly, she did sound like she was very distressed. As any normal person would yeah. be in this situation. But, I, yeah. The mom throughout the investigation, I feel like, has been someone that I've been more, like, interested mm-hmm. in researching. Mm-hmm. just because of her behavior yeah it's definitely i don't know there's just a lot going on in this case i mean even the the 12 year old girl asked the cop are handcuffs really necessary and she's like i'm not normally like this and he's like well because of the circumstances like yes they are and she's like okay i just i don't know it just all seems so it odd was to bizarre me. like watching the, the footage in my opinion it I don't, it just, like, gave me a really, like, weird feeling. Yeah, Like, same. she was very cooperative, and the police in this situation were extremely calm. Like, I feel like they were saying and doing everything that needed to be done, especially to keep the child calm. Yeah. But. The mom did an interview and said that it seemed like she was having some sort of manic episode. And then I'm going to just say a quote from the mom. She loved him and he loved her. She has no idea why she did it. She's heartbroken and she feels very guilty, but she still doesn't understand why she did it. Um, and this is this is my opinion and speculation, but if she's thinking she's having like a manic episode and then she gets done and she's like, I don't know why I did it. When I look at other cases, almost in like postpartum psychosis, it seems like she was having a moment where like mentally she was just kind of like blacked out doesn't remember what happened in that time frame and then she just sees the scene and she's like what's going on and is just like in shock or it could just be that she was in shock it happened and then mentally she was just like what just happened and everything just like reset i do want to add a outside story that i saw also on tiktok yeah and it was this girl who her best friend was murdered by her two other friends and they had, I don't know much about this case or name, so I don't want to seem like I know a lot about this, but I did watch her videos of her explaining what happened to her best friend, mm-hmm. and her friends had gone on a drive with her, um, then they said they were going out into the woods to, um, I wasn't sure what they were doing, but I think they were drinking or something, Yeah. and um, then they decided to, like, they counted one, two, three, and they stabbed her to death. Oh my. But this is the part where I want to tie into the story. Is because after that happened, uh-huh. they acted like they no, they didn't know what happened. And they one of the friends went over to the girl who they murdered's house oh. and laid in that girl's bed with her mother what? and cried with her mother about <gasps> how sad it was that she died, knowing that uh, she had just oh. murdered her daughter. Oh my god! And so my my thing is, we is might that, have to cover this case. Oh my goodness! <laughs> I, I should have sent it to you. Yes. And so my my tie into this case is that even though someone commits a murder, doesn't mean that they can't show remorse. Right. And they can't show right. It could be coerced remorse. Yeah. It could be yeah. a number of things. And the other thing that runs through my mind, like when I hear both of those cases, is the fact that like. 
we're not talking about adults. These are kids handling emotions. When it's such a big event, you don't know how kids are going to process these things. And we, you can't know. Every kid's no, going to be different. They don't know how to process emotions like adults do. So, no, because their brain is not developed yet. It right. is like her brain is underdeveloped. She's only 12 years old. Yeah. And, you know, it could take years to unravel what truly happened and why this happened in her mind. Like, I think she's going to have she... to go like extensive, like psych evaluations yes. and yeah. treatment and other to really get to like the underlying like motive. Because another thing is it could not she could also have an underlying mental illness yes it's not adhd because if that it was not manic, been diagnosed right if it was a manic episode because it's hard to diagnose mania in children mm-hmm. at least yeah. to my knowledge mm-hmm. and i'm not i don't know the mom's situation i don't know her stance on any of this but just from what i've seen like she, um, like I said, she was very adamant that this was not a mental health issue. She blamed it fully on medication. Yeah. And originally, I also saw a report where she was like, no, my daughter's not a cutter. Like, yeah. type of thing. It seems so like I, she's I in denial, yeah. for sure. And However, it could be... from, from, special, from some specialists, though, they're like, it would be hard to not have any sign prior yes. to just have yes. one random extreme episode and the fact that her mom was denying that her daughter was cutting of course it's going to be hard for any parent to want to admit that because I feel like if I were a parent I'd be like I don't want to admit that because that means I'm not doing my job and so it could be that she's in a state of denial like my daughter couldn't have done this because at that point you've already lost one kid if you put the blame on your other kid no she did this and she knew what she was doing lose your second kid yeah and then she's she no so longer a, has her children. And I, I feel for the mom. Yes. That's a very, very hard position yes. to be in. She's a, in a very and like, hard well, spot. And her position now, I feel, it's she now has one kid that's dead mm-hmm. because of her other kid. Mm-hmm. Like, I could not imagine being in the situation that she's no. in right now. Yeah. There's I, no... There's no right answer yes. at all or correct answer no. for sure. There um, are cases where that's happened, but no case is the same. Yeah. In the article that I was reading when I was doing some research, it said that um, the girl was not exhibiting any violent or aggressive behaviors at home, but in the days leading up to the incident, the family, or no, she was, sorry, I messed that up. She was exhibiting um, no violent or aggressive behaviors at home leading up to the incident, but the family became aware after the incident of remarks that she had made to her friends at school and those being thoughts that you know, she was having him stabbing her brother. And her mom said that maybe uh, her friends were afraid to tell their parents or, you know, just were like scared to tell her that she was having those thoughts. That's a lot of info. That's a big thing to hear from one of your friends at 12 years old. And here's a, here's another, I feel like there's a lot of personal stories that can get tied into this, but like, and I don't even know if I told you this, Um, but you know, my sister's around this age and She's in middle school, and there was an incident where her friend basically came, and they were, you know, having practice for, like, a school play, and her sister said, well, my sister has a kill list. And they're oh my like, gosh. what? So, thankfully, one of those kids went home and told their parents, and those parents called the school and was like, hey, this needs to be investigated. So police got involved and they found a list in this girl's bedroom. And so 
you know, when things don't get reported, like, you don't know what's going to happen. And you can't blame that on the kids, yeah. whatever. No. You, you can't expect a 12-year-old to go yes. home and explain that. But, you know, in that, in the situation I explained, like, you know, it got very lucky that it got back to the parents because parents know how to deal with those things. Kids do not. Yes. Kids, kids don't. And kids are scared. You know, you're yeah, in middle you school. Can't you want to be independent. To... You want to. No. And there's no reason for them to be forced. But I think trying to create just a trustworthy and loving environment where you feel that your kids can be comfortable yeah hopefully just to prevent something but yeah I I know it's definitely hard for kids at that age yeah and to even think that they're taking it seriously too yeah I mean how would you even approach that as a kid like I wouldn't I don't know if I could even do that I wouldn't think anyone would take me seriously right right um, but moving forward, kind of circling back like into what you said, um, Dr. Darcy Sterling, who is a licensed clinical social worker, um, was interviewed on TV regarding the incident. And she said that there are definitely pieces of the puzzle that are missing. And she was skeptical that medication was the only factor at play. She also stated that she's never heard of a situation where a child just inadvertently does something like this with zero warning signs and that the meds are not going to make somebody homicidal like that. So we kind of already talked about that, but it, it definitely just seems odd. I think that, um, one, and now we know if she was saying this to her friends, there were some warning signs. So I already agree with that statement. Right. And sadly, I feel like with kids being on any sort of medication, um, you would never really get a homicidal yeah adverse effect if anything it would be more personal which is why we're very strict with kids receiving medication because Mm -hmm. of the suicidal ideation they don't act the same way that um it acts in a an adult's body yeah and once again that's personal and not against other people yep right so those adverse effects don't match up and i agree with like dr sterling on that statement obviously she knows this she's studying this and doing this but yeah um, there's no charges that are currently filed in the case, but you know that could change maybe later on. Um, the mom said that you know she's going to need a lot of work, and she wants her to get whatever help she needs, and that she wants her to come home after the treatment. So that to me just seems like a statement from a grieving mother. Yeah. Like, yeah. you know, your one kid's gone. Now you're left with no kids. You want your kid to get the help that they need, yes. so you can just be with one of your kids. Yes. I, and I agree because at the end of the that, day, yeah. as a parent, like your kids are your comfort, right? Your kids so, are your kids. Yeah. So it's yeah. And I've heard and multiple stories where, about that. Where sorry, go. No, it's okay. Um, I also saw another story about this parent who made a video about his son who had recently murdered a number of people, and he had said, "My son did this. He's not welcome back at home." Like. Then there's also parents who are on that side, which I respect also because, I mean, if your kid's young enough, I mean, old enough, because this this situation I'm talking, he was 18. Yeah. So he's saying yeah. he's like, once he's out of jail or rehab or whatever he's going to, right. he's not allowed to come back home because this was such a violent thing that yeah. we can't have this in our house. Yeah. And... I mean, I don't have kids, and I never judge how anyone responds to traumatic situations because it is a traumatic event, and I don't and know how I would respond different to it. Too. But right. I think, and we have seen in many cases, like even in the Jeffrey Dahmer case, yeah. his 
dad like forgave him and created a relationship with him while he was in jail and wanted to be a part of his life because that is your kid yeah like yeah yes at the end of the day your kids are the horrible literally the horrible things that this person did but they are my kid and I choose to love them yeah yeah because of that um and you know at the end of the day like the, the reason that there's not much information on this case, um, the a Tulsa district attorney said that they really can't disclose any information about the case just strictly because of the girl's age. So we're yeah, trying to give you as much and information as we can. Go ahead. <laughs> dip, yeah, sorry. I think that's what makes it hard, one, to cover because she's a minor, and two, there's no files, there's no nothing charged yeah. because they don't know what to do yet. And once they find the intent of why she did it, which I think will be a big reason if they can find out why that will um, kind of determine if there will be charges or not. Yeah. Um, So I guess kind of just going into a little background, um, I was just trying to find some information as to like, you know, about the family and just, I don't know. um, I came across something a little odd and maybe a little concerning Um, So the girl had a stepfather who was the biological father of the nine-year-old boy. He kind of had like a sketchy past. Um, His name is Levi Lida, and he was arrested in 2017 for like brutally killing a cat, like breaking multiple bones who belonged to another daughter of his. Um, He was apparently drunk off of like a six-pack of beer, and then he had a half bottle of vodka, um, and he wanted to take the burden of that cat away from his family. The burden of that cat was literally the fact that that cat had just had a litter of kittens and it was putting a slight strain on the family. Um, so that, you know, you always hear like serial killers start with like yeah. killing animals, you know? Animals. So like when yeah. I saw that, I was, you know, kind of taken back, like always looking at true crime stuff and hearing that. I was like, oh. Yeah. Um, and then the crazy part is when he was in jail... He beat up his cellmate two days in a row. His cellmate was in jail for drunk driving and fleeing the scene of an accident. He beat his cellmate so badly that he was left with a moderate brain injury. Like, this guy definitely, definitely had some issues going on. Wow. So, you know... He seems like a very violent person. Yes. Yes. And I know that we kind of, like, talked about this earlier, but, or, like, in our notes, did she witness any violent behavior at home that... Right. Right. Like, could it have been, like, abuse towards her her mom? Did he play a role in it? Like, not not in the killing, but, like, leading up to it. Like, what is she seeing at home? Because... If that's exactly. what you're seeing, you're a kid growing up with that, how are you supposed to know any differently? That's the environment you're growing up in and living in. And for him to be her younger brother's biological dad, she's 12, he was 9. Mm-hmm. He clearly was in her life for the majority of her life, if not right. all of her life. Right. But she would have grown up with him and seen his behavior. Yeah. And... Yeah, did it play a role? There's there's just a lot of factors that, like, could have played a role in it for sure. I mean, it's... Are they still married or together? I think think they're separated. Um, Okay. Yeah. But there's there's just a lot of 
things like at 12 years old, you're really not getting out of the house very much. You know, like you're only in what sixth grade. So, yeah, or sixth or seventh grade. You can't, like, right. your parents have to do everything for you. Like, seventh grade, at least where, you know, where we're from, like, school sports don't even start till seventh grade. So, you're not getting those, yeah. like, real extracurricular activities. And then I think back, like, oh, she was homeschooled. During so, COVID. she wasn't even going to school. Yeah, and good COVID. point. During, during COVID, you're locked down. She was a, during grades one through four, yeah. probably in 2020. Yeah, and oh, so that's like yeah. one of the de- developmental ages. Yeah. So if she was at home, and she witnessed this abuse daily, that has to do something. And just, I mean, there is—it's not point. confirmed that there right. was abuse. The mother's right. never said anything about that. Maybe there wasn't, but that's—you know—it's just the thought that goes through my head. Like, who knows what she was seeing? Well, especially with his past. Right. Like, it we, seems like he's a violent yeah, person we, for sure. Yeah. And you know, it could be something along the lines of. You know, the boy was his biological son and she wasn't, you know, the mom has come out and said that like he treated her like one of his own and, you know, but who knows if that's true. Maybe it was something, some sort of jealousy. Maybe she saw that like his son was getting treated differently than her and she was getting some sort of like neglect. I don't know. Um, And she could have just went through a state of rage. Like I'm tired of you getting everything more. Yeah. Right. And then she didn't think of the consequences and if that you, would come after. if you do have, like... Because a 12-year-old won it. Exactly. Right. They yes. can't... Right. Exactly. Yes. And, you know, if she did have some form of mental illness at 12 years old, you really don't know how to control that illness yet. It's probably a newer diagnosis. Not many kids get diagnosed before 12. So no. if you do have this build-up anger and you're seeing that, you don't know how to control it. No, you don't have... You don't have any coping mechanisms. Yeah. Like, yeah. Um, I do have one question, and I don't know if you guys want to give an opinion on it or answer to it, but I guess I just want to know your opinions on why do you think the mom was so persistent that this is all because of medication? I know we've kind of touched on it, but I don't know. Yeah, no, it's, I think it's deep, but if I were to think, you don't ever want to think that you failed as a parent, and I think blame, not blaming, but blaming. Medication is the scapegoat. Yes. Giving a reason to why her daughter did might, something did, terrible. Yes. Yeah. Because she's just, yes, like you said, she doesn't want to, people to think that she's an awful mother because I don't, I really don't know what kind of mother she was, but I mean, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. It's No one wants to feel like they're a bad mother. And even if your kid is doing something wrong, it doesn't make you a failure. It doesn't make you a bad mom. But I think that she definitely, it helps saying, this was fully medication. I had nothing to do with it. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's it's a hard case. It's, it's a sad case. No one wants yeah. to hear that there's two young kids. One's going to probably end up in some type of mental facility or jail and the other one's dead. It's something that no one wants to hear coming out of the news at all it's devastating and i i want to throw out again i know i probably said this before but like we don't know what was going on at home maybe the home life was a great home life and this girl really truly did have something mentally going on and she just snapped 
Yes, truly. We do not it, know. There could be things, you know, I know that in that last year leading up to the incident, she was transitioning from homeschooling back to public school. Maybe there was bullying at school. Maybe yeah. there was other things going on, and maybe that's why the cutting started. And, you know, I exactly. don't... Exactly. There there's so many things that could trigger it. And as much as I hate to say it, but I feel like especially in middle school... One, your development, like you're developmentally mm-hmm. changing, physically you're changing. Mm-hmm. There's so Hormone many changes. levels are kind of all over the place. You don't know how to yeah. handle it. Yeah, for sure. And so I for sure it didn't. definitely yeah. could be some of that. The transition from homeschool to public school again, like a lot of transitions going on. Yeah, it's for some re- for some people. I know I get really anxious in a, in big, big public spaces, so it could be underlying anxiety and yeah, just a lot of things. Yeah. Like that build up and yep. become a rage like you said yeah it's and it's a different world like I really with in the day and age with like how prevalent social media is now like yeah. I couldn't imagine I give these kids credit I couldn't imagine being in school in middle school in this era I would not want to be like I'm glad we got through middle school before like social media was truly as big as it was. I didn't even I get feel Snapchat like, till 7th grade. Yeah, I didn't have Snapchat yeah. till like 7th or 8th grade. And these kids have ha- had phones for years at this point with social yeah. like with social know media on their phone. Like online. my younger brother right. she could be seeing fourth grade is going into 5th grade now and he has yeah, you know, like Snapchat and yeah. like all of it's just crazy cuz we never had that when we were their age. No. So yeah, we not. really don't know what and like, there. we know how prevalent cyberbullying is. Like, I, when we were in high school, like, you see it all the time. Like, you see the drama. We've lived it. We've been there. But, like, <laughs> it's it's a hard... I just... I would not want to grow up with it being so prevalent yeah. that young. So, that could also definitely be a factor, and you cannot count that out at all. Right. And I think that's also why a lot of her mental health specialists are trying to dive into there are a ton of missing pieces and parts and I feel like as they continue to work with her and as police and officials continue to understand we'll see like what route they take of this is a mental issue and Mm -hmm. she will be in a facility Mm -hmm. or it was more like something else and she'll be in like juvie yeah so I don't know. We just, we wanted to cover this case because we definitely found it interesting. Like we said in the beginning, it's a little bit different than what we normally do in a way. Um, and, you know, we just wanted to kind of dive into it and talk about it with you guys. So we hope yeah. you enjoyed it. And I do just want to say a couple little things before we end it. Um, a lot of the cases we've covered in the past have had some big updates. So like two examples, the Koberger case. Yes and the Gabby Petito case. Um, We'll start with Gabby Petito. The note, the burn after reading note that Roberta, uh, Brian's mom sent to him was like a huge thing. And then Brian Koberger, the secret grand jury. um, And his trial was set on my birthday. So I will be watching that live and having some wine on my birthday because that's all I want to do. Um, <laughs> he's punishment he deserves, right? <laughs> um, so I think maybe we can try and do if you guys would be interested in doing a little recap episode on some of like the major updates and kind of dive into that. We'll kind of maybe, maybe that could be our poll for this episode, third in there, yes. and 
definitely vote on it so we know what to do. We love getting your guys' input and seeing what you guys think about it all. So um, I think that's all we have unless you guys want to add anything. No, I have to say thank you for having me. Yeah, it was fun. I love when we get to have guests on and it's always nice to get someone else's input. Yes, thank you so much. We love when, especially you coming on. You're welcome anytime. The only thing that I did want to say quickly is I know that we had a lot of our own opinions in this case. Mm -hmm. And once again, they are our opinions. They're not factual. And I just wanted to like extremely disclaim that because I know that we kind of rambled on about some stuff. But yes, just please let us know what type of cases you want us to cover. And if you want us to do a recap and continue to follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. Alrighty, guys. I think that's it. So again, thank you, Jameson, for being here. No problem. And we will talk to you guys soon. All right, see ya.